Welcome to Woodburn Baptist Church. My name is Tim Harris. I'm the pastor here at Woodburn. If you're joining us by way of audio or video podcast, if you're in the cafe this morning, uh, welcome. God bless you. I love you all so much. Brian and Tina Ahern in Perry, Oklahoma. I don't say uh, welcome to you enough. I love you guys, all of you at the Bakehouse this morning. Uh, God bless you. Brian Ahern, you're my hero. I appreciate so much your uh, faithfulness, your obedience to the gospel and the work you do there in Oklahoma. Um, it is a pleasure to be partnered with so many around the country that are, that are serving the Lord as we are. God, God bless you all. Open your Bibles, everybody, to Isaiah chapter 40. We're still in Isaiah chapter 40, y'all. Uh, we will get there, and it is so good as we go. I'm going to just do one verse today because I think that's all we can do. One verse, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 21. It's one verse, but it's a good one. It's a verse that just keeps asking the same question over and over and over. So let's consider this the, 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 the question of the day. It, it's a good one. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 21. This is what the word of God asks you. It says this. Haven't you heard? Don't you understand? Are you deaf to the words of God, the words he gave before the world began? Are you so ignorant? Okay, that's the whole verse. Let's do it again. Haven't you heard? Don't you understand? Are you deaf to the words of God, the words he gave before the world began? Are you so ignorant? In Logan County, it's ignorant. Are, are, are you so ignorant? Uh, haven't you heard? Don't you understand? I was standing one Wednesday night uh, out on the porch of the church. It was a beautiful night. It was absolutely beautiful. And I was standing out with two of our church's teenage boys. Y'all know about teenage boys? So there we were, two teenage boys in the pastor. And it was just a really neat moment. And the sky was gorgeous, just gorgeous. And so one of the boys said, wow, you know, look up at the stars. It was just one of those moments where you just stop and, and look. And then I called attention to the moon. I mean, the moon was beautiful. It was one of those nights where the moon just seemed, you know, this big. And it was bright and just gorgeous. And I said, guys, look at that moon. That's just the brightest, biggest moon I think I've ever seen. And then for a moment, we just sort of stood there, you know, uh, in awesome wonder, looking up at the moon. It was just amazing. And then one of the boys said something and what he said was this he said wow you think we'll ever be able to put people up there on the moon i just didn't say anything y'all because i'm just thinking you know first off maybe it's just one of those moments where he forgot you know that there are astronauts you know you know I was just thinking, you know, nine or ten years of public education, you know, and how did you miss the whole space program? How do you just not know that? But I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to embarrass the kid. I'm just sort of standing there going, whoo, you know, whoa. But remember, there are two teenage boys, and the other teenage boy was not so kind. He just over said, dude, you have got to be the dumbest guy I've ever met. He did. He's a direct quote. You have got to be the dumbest guy I've ever met. They've been sending people on rockets into space since before you were born. First kid never took his eyes off the moon. He said, seriously? <laughs> and then he said, get out of here. <laughs> Isn't that awesome, man? 
he was just so absolutely amazed and dim-witted all at the same time. You know, just, you know, wow. How could he not know? I mean, you know, how? I mean, how? It's like a 10th grader, maybe 11th. I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. How could you just not know? See, when you understand the frustration and sort of the bewilderment, I mean, the complete dumbfoundedness of that question, then you're starting to understand the question that's being asked of you and me in verse 21. It's the question being asked of God's people. And the question is, how is it that you still don't know? Now, again, uh, Prophet Isaiah is writing in, in the Hebrew language. Hebrew can do some things with verbs that we just can't do in the English language. But, but these verbs signify like continual action. So at the same time, there's a negative, but there's also continual action. So really to translate that, you have to say something like, how can you just keep on not knowing? It's that idea of continuing not to know. And, and it's just sort of, sort of puzzling. These are God's people. And and since the very foundation of the world, the prophet says, you've known this stuff. I mean, God's been showing himself to you since the beginning. How can you continue not to know who God is? You're God's people. How can you not understand? How can you not understand the word that's been given since the world began? Are you so ignorant? How can you continue to be so ignorant? Honestly, it it sounds rude, it sounds crude, it sounds like, you know, why would he even ask? But but the point is, he's asking because you've got to ask, how is it that you still don't know who God is? How is it that you still can't trust him? How is it that you continue to go on as if you don't know? Now, it's an honest question, so maybe it deserves an honest answer. How can you not know? Well, well, honestly, the first answer to that question would be some people have actually not been told. Some people have actually not been told. And it could be that some of you have truly not been told. I I, I don't know. I I don't know that I believe that in your case. But there are people in the world who've just absolutely not been told. And the reason they don't know is because they've never been told. Unfortunately, even in some churches these days, I mean, it's just true, not every pulpit preaches from the Bible at all. And not every preacher starts a sermon with with the Word of God that he's going to expound. I'm, I'm telling you, not every church preaches the Bible. Not every Sunday school program or small group program focuses on the word at all. And and, and no matter what you call it, church or small group, if it's not focused on the word of God, people aren't going to hear the word of God. There are children's programs and entire churches, entire denominations perhaps, and it's little more than babysitting. They're not teaching the, the children of God's people God's word, and therefore they don't know because they've never been told. There are youth programs in churches that spend lots and lots of money on little more than fun and games. They do not actually tell young people who God is and what the Word of God says. So even in churches and even people who it looks like they should have been in a place to have been told, some people have actually not been told. And in the United States of America in the year 2017, that's a devastating tragedy. But but it is still true that there are people who honestly just have not been told. So so let's just recognize that. Some people haven't been told, and they don't know because they've not been told. However, that's not very many of us. I I, I pray that's not very many of us. 
And so there must be something else, something else at play here. And I would offer this. Some people just don't know because they just don't listen. Some people have been told. They've been told over and over and over. And how in the world by this time some people can still not know? It's absolutely baffling because they have been told. Apparently they just never listened. Never paid attention. And this would be, honestly, a lot of us, people like you and me, because some of us, man, I mean, we, we are church people. And we've been in, in small groups and Sunday school classes. We've been through revival services in the spring and the fall if you grew up Baptist. I mean, Wednesday night, Sunday night, Sunday morning. I mean, we are at this. We get a new Bible every single Christmas I mean, and we carry that Bible. I mean, we look like we're all about it. But somehow, after all of this, after all of these years, Sunday after Sunday, sermon after sermon after sermon, even though we've been told, we haven't heard it yet. Some people just don't listen, just don't pay attention. It's amazing what you can hear and yet never hear. It's amazing what you can see and yet never see. It's like the father who found out when she was a senior that his daughter was a cheerleader. He somehow missed all of that. What do you think the pom-poms are for? But there are people who live with sort of that level of, 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 of ignorance, obtuseness. I don't know how in the world we miss these things. It's like the father didn't know his daughter's a cheerleader. It's like the people who watch The View every single day and have never realized that Whoopi Goldberg doesn't have eyebrows. She doesn't have eyebrows, y'all. She doesn't like eyebrows. She shaves them off. She ain't never had an eyebrow as long as you've known her. Isn't that funny? And tomorrow you'll be thinking, well, golly, that woman don't have eyebrows. I mean, she does not have eyebrows. Once I tell you, maybe now you'll know, maybe now you'll notice, but it's just amazing, isn't it, that you can stare somebody right in the face and never see their face, never really see anything at all. In the same way that you can sit through sermon after sermon after sermon, lesson after lesson after lesson, and you haven't heard it yet. I don't know if you're not listening. Maybe just never, ever pay attention, but one way or the other, you can be told and still not hear. Now, on the other side of that are people who've been told and they heard it. So now they just pretend not to know it. And honestly, there's a whole large category of things you probably know that you pretend not to know. You see, it gets kind of dangerous when you know something and you let everybody know that you know it. So you just pretend not to know it. We think somehow if we pretend not to know that that excuses us. If we pretend not to know, then what we know never has to affect the way we live our lives. Which brings us back to verse 21. Haven't you heard? How is it that you still don't understand? Are you deaf to the words of God? Are you deaf or just ignorant? This is what the prophet says. And again, it's a harsh question. Why does he ask? I mean, isn't it a little bit insulting? I mean, Isaiah chapter 40 is filled with rhetorical questions. Questions that you don't really expect an answer to because you're more or less making a point. Or questions where the answer is just so obvious that just by asking the question, you already know. You already know. Have you not heard? Don't you understand? It's kind of a rhetorical question. But more than a rhetorical question, these questions are an indictment. 
It's an indictment. In other words, that these questions sort of expose something very painfully contradictory about us as God's people. Because the point is, he knows they know. And he knows that they have heard. And he knows that they know the word of God that has not changed since the foundation of the world. He knows they know. And when he says, are you so ignorant? He knows they're not ignorant. It's not that they're deaf. It's not that they're ignorant. And it's not that they've never heard. It's an indictment. Do you understand? It's an indictment. He has to ask the question for the simple reason that even though they've known and even though they have heard and even though they are not deaf and are not ignorant, if they have heard the word of God that has never changed since the world began, then why is it that the word of God has never changed them? This is the question. This is the indictment. How can you as God's people, the prophet would say, how is it that you know God and you know who he is, the everlasting God who sits above the circle of of creation? You know who he is and you know what he can do. So why is it that you are still as likely as everybody else to live like there is no God? How is it that you are still as likely as all of the neighboring nations to run after the gods of pleasure and money and power? How is it after all that you've been through with this God, how can you still live like you can't trust him? Do you understand that the question isn't really a matter of what you know. It's not about information. It's about transformation. For all that they've heard and all that they should know, they still don't seem to live what they believe. And and the basic truth is people who don't live the truth are no better off than people who don't know the truth. You understand? So he asks the question not so much to point out a gap in in their knowledge, but this incredible contradiction of their lives. Have you not heard... This is sort of like when your dad used to tell you to take out the trash and then two hours later he comes in and the trash is still there and you're sitting there still watching SpongeBob SquarePants. And what does your dad say? Did you hear me? Okay, your dad's being kind. He knows you heard him. He knows you heard him. The question behind the question is, I know that you heard me, so why is it that the trash is still there and you're sitting there, still sitting there watching SpongeBob SquarePants? And he said, that's the dilemma. Because if you heard, why is it that you haven't acted on that? Why is it that you've heard and never obeyed? You understand? If you hear... If you know, if you understand, and if you are not deaf or ignorant, then this word, this truth that you know, sooner or later, it's going to come out in your life. We're not about information. It's not, have you not been informed? The question is, why have you not been transformed by everything you know about God? And now all of the truth that you've absorbed, how is it that you still are no different? It takes us back to the book of James, chapter 1, verse 22. Remember this verse in the old King James that says, Be not, yeah, be doers of the word, not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Here's New Living Translation. Don't just listen to God's word. You must say the words, do what it says. 
Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. I know you know. I know you know. There may be some things in the Word of God that, that truly are difficult to understand. It's, it's a big book. I understand that. I get that. And there are passages that are very, very dense and difficult to understand. I, I grant you that. None of us is a Bible scholar. None, none of us is reading out of the Hebrew. I mean, I, I get all of that. There's a lot of things that are really, really difficult. But you've also been taught a lot of things that are not difficult. And I know you heard those things. You know you heard those things. So, so what is the disconnect here? The, the disconnection is not between hearing and not hearing. It's between hearing and not doing. You've heard God's word. You know what God expects of you. Maybe you pretend not to know. Maybe it's easier to excuse yourselves and allow yourselves to live the life you just want to live if you just act like you haven't heard. But now we know that you've heard. You know that the word of God commands you to share what you have with the poor. You know that. Well, Brother Tim, I, I, don't, I don't know if I know any poor people. If I see a poor person, I will help them. Are you so ignorant? You're only fooling yourself here. I mean, you know. You know what God commands you to do as a husband for your wife. You know you're supposed to love her as Christ loves the church. You know that the way you mistreat her, the way you talk to her, the way you boss her around, the way you do not appreciate, you do not recognize, you do not treasure her, you know that's a contradiction of everything you've been told, right? There's no excusing this. You know that the Bible teaches us that God is no respecter of persons, that people look on the outside, but he looks upon the heart. You know that the Bible commands us not to show favoritism, not, not to show prejudice. You, you know that, right? You're supposed to love your neighbor the way you love yourself. You understand that, right? You know. You know how the scripture says that we're not supposed to love money? You, you know that, right? Have you not been taught? Have you never heard? Because our lives often contradict the very truth that we've been told. And so the prophet asks this question. It's not really a rhetorical question even. It's an honest question. It's an indictment. Because the people who say that they have heard, the people that say that they understand, the people who say, oh yeah, the unchanging word of God, we've heard it all of our lives, the prophet would say, then what is the problem here? Are you ignorant? Turn over with me to the book of Ezekiel. It's going to be forward uh, toward the back of your Bible, still in the Old Testament. The prophet Ezekiel chapter 33 This is a fascinating passage, maybe more for me than for you. I just think it's really funny in a way and horrible in another way. Ezekiel chapter 33. This is God talking to the preacher, God talking to the, to the prophet. And, and, and he says in, in Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 30, get this, y'all. It's, it's, it's going to freak y'all out if you never read this. God says to, to his preacher, he says, son of man, 
Your people talk about you in their houses. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what it says. Yeah, preacher, your people talk about you in their houses, and they whisper about you at the doors. Isn't that funny? God says, you probably don't know this, but let me just tell you, your congregation, they talking about you. You know, when they leave church and they get in the car, they talking about you. Okay. Well, now, God, you got my attention, the preacher says. Okay. Now, listen, this is what they say. Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 30. They say to each other, come on, let's go hear the prophet. Tell us what the Lord is saying. So verse 31. So my people come pretending to be sincere and they sit in front of you. They listen to your words, but they have no intention of doing what you say. Their mouths are full of lustful words, and their hearts seek only after money. You're very entertaining to them, like someone who sings love songs with a beautiful voice or plays fine music on an instrument. They hear what you say, but they don't act on it. But when all of these terrible things happen to them, as they certainly will, then they will know a prophet has been among them. Son of man, your people talk about you. Honestly, what they're saying is fantastic. I mean, gosh, the, man, you, I hope y'all are seeing some of this stuff. It's awesome. They say, come on, let's go hear the preacher. I mean, that's what they say. You know, when God said they're talking about you, I thought they're going to say, you know, they're saying that, you know, your pants are unzipped. You know, they're, they're, they're saying, you know, that you preach too long. You know, they're, they're, they're saying that, you know, they wish you'd preach more on Israel. I mean, they're saying... Uh, but, but no, that they're saying, come on, let's go hear him. Let's go hear him. Interesting. We like him. He's very entertaining. He can make you laugh and cry at the same time. We love him. We're going to download the podcast. We're going to listen to that sermon three times a week. We're going to get that sermon, man. I'm going to hear that story again. I'm going to sing that song all week long. This is what they say about you. They, they, and they all file in pretending. Is this pretend? Is this all just pretend? Are we pretending? They sit before you. They listen to your words. They have no intention of doing what you say. Are you pretending? Here's the thing. I think it's possible that you are, and you don't even know that. You don't think of yourself as a pretender. You think of yourself as a very, very faithful church goer. 
You don't literally come in, you know, for a show. And this is the danger of this life that we fall into. Those of us who hear the word of God and hear it and hear it and hear it. Before long, you've heard so much of it, you actually think that you're living it. You, you hear so much of it. I mean, we talk about so much at church. We talk so much at church that actually we begin to think that we're doing something. Because we talk about doing so much. We talk about doing so much that we actually, I mean, some of us are, I mean, I even go home tired. I talked about doing so much, I wore myself out completely talking about doing stuff. We, we, we spend all of our energy talking about it, then we never do anything. And, and this is the danger when all you do is listen and, and, and talk and, and hear, but you never do anything. This is the danger. It, it puts you in this horrible sort of trap. And, and, and it's honest, you're fooling yourself. You may be the only one fooled because God's not fooled. Uh, you may be the only one fooled, but you fool in yourself. You honestly think that this is all God wants. Just, just come to church. Just open the Bible. Just laugh at the preacher's jokes. Get back in the car. Drive home and come back next Sunday. You know, rinse, wash, repeat. But you're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. It becomes a show. It becomes this, this horrible, disastrous game of pretend. The point is, you have to have some intention. It's your intention. And the indictment in the book of Ezekiel is that they have no intention of doing what you say. They have no intention of doing anything. So, again, it's not an intention to learn. And some of you, you're learning. You're learning. You take notes when, when I preach, when anybody preaches. You're taking notes. You're learning, learning. But what are you doing there must be an intention to do something, which means an intention to change. You and me, we must be changed by the truth. But because if it doesn't change us, this unchanging truth, if it never changes us, we're no better than people who've never heard the truth at all. If you don't live what you believe, you're no different from an unbeliever. I understand that. Do you not know? Are you ignorant? There has to be an intention to obey. Your people, they come pretending to be sincere and they sit before you. They, they listen to your words. They listen. But they have no intention of doing what you say. Bottom line, you've got to change the way you listen. You have to change the way you hear God's word. Not just when I'm preaching. This, you, know, you know, this is not about me. It's about us. And the way we come before God's word. We cannot be hearers only. We cannot only listen. Because listening in itself is not good enough. You have to learn to do, to live, to act out what the truth says, what the Bible says. You have to live what you believe. Which means there must always be this intention of doing what the Word of God says. This is what's lacking in our church, brothers and sisters. The intention to do it. 
Last week we talked about evangelism, personal evangelism. We, we, we talked about all of these things. We talk and we talk and we talk. But last week you, you heard this sermon about sharing God's word, sharing the gospel. Did you do anything different all week? Did you do anything different at, at all? This is what we're saying. You're fooling yourself. Your people, they they listen, they they laugh, they they show up, but they don't have any intention of doing anything. So so please, whenever you hear the word of God, whether it's in a sermon at church like this or when you go home, please, and you open God's word for yourself and you begin to read. You don't just read for information, you read for transformation. That means every single time you read, you read and you're listening for something that needs to change in you. You listen and you look for something that you're going to do different today. Let's not even talk about long-range goals. Let's just talk about today. I'm going to read God's word, and I trust God is going to speak to me today because it's his living word. It's not a dead book. It's a living book, and his speaking voice will speak when you listen. And when you listen, you will always hear something that needs to change about you. So you just start reading, and you start listening with that intention of changing. I mean, seriously changing. Because you have no intention of changing, no intention of doing anything different, you're fooling yourself, you're pretending. And may I compliment you on the loveliness of this show. But God's not fooled. You may be fooling yourself, but God's not fooled. I mean, when you hear the word of God, you're not supposed to walk out and go, that was a good sermon. No, you're supposed to be saying to yourself, I have heard God's voice, and now I'm going to do something about it. In my relationship with our staff members, uh, our guys have given me, most of them, about, about, about five questions with permission to ask them anytime, anytime. And in our, in our weekly meetings, every other week, I'll just sometimes ask the questions, and these are good questions. But, um, Matt Betts, who, as you know, has gone to Plant Journey Church, Matt had a really interesting question that he gave me permission to ask him on a regular basis. And the question had two parts. It was, what have you heard God saying to you this week? And what are you doing about it? Just bring that up because, you know, Matt Matt is that guy who left our church to go do something. Because when God's word is truly heard... It always ends up getting, you know, somehow involved in where your feet take you next, what your hands find to do. There's no such thing as hearing God's word and remaining the same. How can you keep on not hearing? Do you not know? Have you not heard are you deaf to the word of god that was spoken before the foundation of the world how can you be so ignorant pray with God, I pray the word 
was spoken today. And I pray that the word was heard. They're not the same thing. Simply because the word of God was read out loud in a room full of people, it doesn't mean the word of God was heard by any people. In order for the word to be heard, something else is necessary, something else is needed. The intention to obey, a surrendered heart, a willingness to change. God, we confess that we are often a congregation of people who hear God's word, but we hear it only. We walk out of this church and say it was a nice sermon and nothing ever changes. Lord, God, maker of heaven and earth, shepherd of our hearts. Give us hearts that will listen and obey. May the power of your never changing word ever be changing us. May we walk out of this house today with feet and hands and mouths ready to do what you have asked us to do. Oh, God, we have heard now. Help us, Lord, to walk out and live the truth that we have been told. Pray these things in the blessed, gracious, beautiful name of Jesus.